1: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi
3: and Patrick Maher on VCN.
4: number two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM, Jim, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Just great having Vinny Mayulo on uh, in mm-hmm. the last hour. Again, congratulations to Vinny uh, going into the Gambling Hall of Fame. This just, so The entire
3: brain trust here at the South Point with Vinny and Chris Andrews and Jimmy Vaccaro. My goodness. Now sports betting Hall of Famers of course have been out here for many years and at many stops and uh, lucky to have access to them Man. here on Beeson right here in the backyard at the South
4: Point. Uh, when you talk about professionals here, Uh, that's that's what we're giving you here at VEASAN so again that that is not something to be taken lightly Uh, when you look at some of the futures and we talked about it with Vinny here and obviously we're still waiting on hold uh, for certain things certainly with the Browns and Deshaun Watson what's going to happen looks like things are clearing up now with the Panthers I don't know if Seattle is done in their quarterback position there or if they're going to be interested in Jimmy G if a deal could be made in a division we'll find out but we do know about some of these receiving totals uh, out there in the NFL and I want to to pick your brain on some of these West. And obviously you can understand why Cooper cup and Jamar chase right now for touchdown totals are the two top dogs at 11 and a half. I mean, Cooper cup in the slot, you know, you get inside the 10, he's just as good as a running back because he's almost unguardable down there. I understand that Devontae Adams is interesting to me. Reunited now with Derek Carr out here in sin city. And then Justin Jefferson, who says now they're a pass first offense in Minnesota. They're not going to run it with Dalvin cook. Any of those names and numbers that you find possibly intriguing?
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, the obvious guys up top, uh, Devontae Adams, even though that's juice to the under, because one of the things about Adams, yeah, he's going to be received wide receiver number one, but you've also got Hunter Renfro, and you've also got Darren Waller. Right. So Derek Carr's got a lot of at weapons, and I think Josh McDaniels coming in, certainly you would think at least the offense is going to be upgraded. The defense, I think, thinks still very much a question mark, but, uh, you know, so I, I, I understand why they are priced that high, and by the way, these are totals, not necessarily who's going to get. Get the most touchdowns, but uh, uh, Justin Jefferson this year. If you're a believer in Kirk Cousins, that he's going to have a big year and a contract year, keep in mind you now have Kevin O'Connell who has come over also, uh, West Phillips, uh, the son of Wade Phillips is going to be the offensive coordinator. They were on the Rams staff under Sean McVay. So yeah, I think Minnesota is still, they're not going to abandon the run. I know Mike Zimmer got a lot of criticism up there in Minneapolis mm-hmm. for, you know, being too much of a d- defense run first, you know, old school coach and whatnot, not airing the ball out. So these guys are going to throw the ball, but they're not going to completely abandon cook Because there. You see there Jefferson nine and a half and then Adam Thielen seven and a half. Uh, I got to think, though, that Minnesota's offense is going to get a burst this year with uh, O'Connell certainly at the helm.
4: Let's go down the board a little bit, and I'll throw out a name there. C.D. Lamb, right now, even money, minus a dollar fifteen either way, at 7.5. Okay? Because, see, I think the handicap that you just mentioned there on J.J., Justin Jefferson from Minnesota, is interesting. Is it going to have to be over-the-top touchdowns in order to get that total? Or if they get down close to the goal line, are they going to pound it in with Dalvin Cook? Well, Dallas— They've got a two-headed running back scenario down there. So if you want to play the over with CD and get to at least eight, are you saying he's got to take the top off the defense, or can he be a Cooper Cup And because he's going to go from the slot kind of the outside now? And I wonder with the role reversal with Amari Cooper gone, do you like him more for yards? and or the touchdown prop.
0: Well,
3: I, I think you, when you look at lamb, he's got to now really, I think be the number one guy, Uh Cooper, now in, Cooper now in Cleveland. So he's going to be the number one guy, you know, that's going to open it up underneath for Dalton Schultz. Mm-hmm. who I think is going to have a pretty good year at tight end for Dallas, but, uh, I mean, I think that price is right at about seven and a half because, uh, you know, who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield really for Dallas? Is it going to be a little more Zeke? Is it going to be a little more Tony Pollard? Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's what they're going to want to do. Because, look, when you've had a quarterback with an injury like Dak had, got to get the ball out quick you notice last year Dak didn't run as much as he used to No. this is okay get the ball out if nothing is there and we'll live to fight another down so you know that can sometimes depress the totals and such for the receivers because he's got to go with the safety valves he's got to go with the tight ends he's got to go with the running backs or the slot receivers you know because CD is going to be you know their big play guy and their primary target but he is going to get his fair share of double coverage so uh, yeah just just looking at these because I have yet really looked at this market until right now uh receiving totals uh I think seven and a half you brought up lamb I I think that that's probably about right but you know this is where you're doing your digging if you're a little bit of a fantasy mm-hmm. handicapper which which I do not do a lot of fantasy football but the big targets are obviously priced accordingly the Adams is the Justin Jefferson's and the like so uh these are probably ones if you're going you're maybe where you find the value is like these number 2 receivers mm-hmm. or or some of these guys down the board or some of these receivers that are on bad teams where you're thinking okay are these guys going to be behind in games? You know, like if a Detroit, I think would be an example like uh, the kids St. Brown, right from Detroit, I think would be somebody that you'd want to look at like over yards over touchdowns and whatnot, because these teams are going to be throwing because they're down late in the game and they're wanting to make comebacks. So that's where I think the value is really with these total props, not necessarily at the top of the market, you know, with a uh, cup or chase because that's price to the moon. Could they go no over? Doubt. Certainly at a Eleven and a half, but those are just going to be priced so high that I don't know if you necessarily see as much value as you kind of do maybe in the mid toward, you know, that mid tier, those number two receivers, those number two tight ends. That's what you want to look at. And it
4: is interesting too, because you have to think about game philosophy uh, and, and like, let's say with Buffalo, like we saw Steph Diggs is minus the dollar 15 at eight and a half. Okay. Then you just go down uh, to, to Gabriel Davis at seven and a half. He was a revelation. Last year for that offense. But also, this is something that that Michael and I talk about all the time on the show. If you look at the way Buffalo really started to, when they really hit their stride in the second half, it was kind of Josh Allen, almost like single wing. Mm -hmm. And you wonder if Josh Allen takes away from some of those red zone targets with his legs. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get this over prop with some of these Bills receivers. Now, I do like Davis at seven and a half. And that was a guy that he started to trust really down the stretch instead of trying to get to nine and a guy like Steph Diggs. Yeah. And and the other thing that you always have to worry about and this is just kind of handicapping 101 a little bit is if you're at an impasse and you, the safer play is normally the unders in most of these prop scenarios because the unforeseen injury, right? That is the one caveat that you know you're putting this in in a perfect situation and trusting that these guys are going to play 16 if not all 17 games. I mean, Wes, that's the ultimate yeah. Uh, you know, the X factor here some of these guys are going to go down receivers, get hurt.
3: Right. And, and also what you want to look at, too, is the timing, you know, especially a lot of these, like, second-year receivers. Yeah. It's tough to always kind of pinpoint how good somebody is going to be as a rookie. Not everybody is going to be Jamar Chase right. a, as a rookie. So this is where you're looking at, like, your second-year receivers because usually that's where you see the most improvement, from your second year, from your rookie year. And, like, you look at a lot of the second-year receivers here, and I think we've had a couple on the graphics that I've seen kind of scroll by. Jalen Waddle at Miami. He's somebody that I think would be a candidate to go over, even if two is kind of mediocre because he's just going to get enough targets. Devontae Smith at Philadelphia, Rashad Bateman at Baltimore, uh, Elijah Moore with the New York Jets, Rondale Moore with Arizona, St. Brown, who I mentioned from Detroit. Those are guys that you're probably going to want to look at that are going to be around like four and a half, five and a half. And that, if I'm attacking this market, is where I would want to
4: attack. I got to say two names that jump off the board to me at four and a half. Well, one of them, I, I'm stunned, it's basically even priced at dollar fifteen. is Kyle Pitts. You talk about second-year receivers. Now, I know he was a bit of a disappointment. Mm-hmm. And you can call him whatever you want to call him, wide receiver, tight end. It doesn't matter, right? And now I look at a team that's going to be behind a lot in Atlanta. Again, you got to hope that he stays healthy. And I can see how many could you see inside the 10 or 20 yeah. where Marcus Mariota is looking for his tight end slash yeah. wide receiver, Kyle Pitt? Like to me, that screams over if health is not an issue. Drake London, see, it's juiced so heavily at minus $1. forty. Yeah. How does Drake get those touchdowns? Over the top? And, like, that, that's a tougher way to and go. And this
3: is not a very deep receiving core, by the way, in Atlanta. This is not a team with a lot of talent. Drake London, certainly, and obviously Kyle Pitts, but. You don't really have, I think, a number one running back. Probably the guy that's the most consistent runner in that backfield right now is Cordero Patterson, yeah. who's a receiver and a kick returner, who they kind of used a little bit in like a Debo Samuel-esque role, like they did in San Francisco. But yeah, there's not a lot of talent at receiver anymore in Atlanta. Keep in mind Calvin Ridley suspended. Out for the year. Julio Jones has not been there now for a couple years, so uh, that's a lot of expectations I think on Drake London, and you're paying the price for it too to have to lay over minus one forty. I won't be against John Kyle Pitts because it's the old thing that I always talk about with the NBA, like when we're starting to go into the NBA free agency and we see these absurd contracts. And I'm not talking about for like the, you know, the, the total max players. I'm talking about middle of the road guys getting a lot of money. And I always say somebody's got to score on a bad team. Somebody's got to move the ball, you know, and at least get a few touchdowns on a bad team. Even awful teams yep. are going to score a little bit, and I don't think Atlanta is going to be very good. They're going to be a candidate for one of the worst teams in the league, in my opinion. Just you know, this roster still needs a lot of shuffling and a lot of remaking. But I certainly wouldn't be against John
4: Pitts. I think Pitts would be the only play that I could make for that Atlanta offense at four and a half. You mentioned Debo Samuel. His number is seven and a half. Uh, and juice to the under, by the way, at minus one twenty, because you got to remember they use Debo a lot in the run game, right? So then this is receiving touchdowns, but they also do use him in the screen game. The way they use him, and I wonder, being disgruntled, would that shy you away from Debo? And remember, he got banged up yeah. towards the end of last year too. Yeah. Well,
3: Mike McDaniel's not there anymore. Right? He is now the uh, coach of the uh, Miami Dolphins. So Debo has been up front. Like, hey, I don't want to run the ball all the time, but it's like you can't like not use him if he's effective because look, Kyle Shanahan's trying to win football games mm-hmm. and, you know, for the Yorks out there. So uh new, new coordinator, by the way, Kyle Shanahan is essentially the coordinator. It's a passing game coordinator, Bobby Slowick. Now there, Brian greasy. Now there is the quarterback coach on that Shanahan staff. So, you know, I got to think they're going to try to meet Debo at least a little bit halfway mm-hmm. here, you know, where it's like, Hey dude, sometimes you're going to have to run the ball, you know, if we get in this situation, but I do expect him to catch more passes. That being said, I don't know. I may want to stay away. I don't know how that team is going to be.
4: Plus, Trey Lance, are you ready to wager on Debo with the guy we believe to be the Mm -hmm. signal caller and Trey Lance? Mm -hmm. And we don't know what that's going to look like just yet. So uh, enter at your own risk if you want to play C.D. Lamb. All right. When we come back, let's talk about the Major League Baseball card a little bit less that we see on the docket today. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line on v the Sports Betting Network. Download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along all with in-game betting, boosted-out specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to let BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522 4,700, back Dave, alongside bus uh, Reynolds. I hate
3: to report some sad news, Uh-oh. but I know that you're a movie buff. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Jimmy Kahn, one of the oh, best James actors Khan. ever to do it. He uh, it uh, he was released, by, it was released by his family the evening of July 6th. Jimmy oh, Kahn has passed away. An absolute Hollywood legend, godfather, so many great
4: movies. And maybe one of the best gambling movies of all time out here in Las Vegas was a uh, Indecent Proposal? it yes. no, Was that in James Conn, I believe I be- I there believe was a comedy was. with Nicolas Cage that believe I believe in Las Vegas. I think he was in that one as well. I mean, like I just think of Jimmy Conn, and that's what I think of him in those type of roles uh, with the Nick Cage one. Uh, absolutely a dark comedy, but really, really uh yeah. great acting, as always, by Jimmy Conn. But uh, sad news to report. But again you think about some of those guys like when Sean Connery passed on this year, mm-hmm. th- their, their work just lives on forever. Honeymoon I mean, in Vegas. That's it. Honeymoon was in Vegas. The one with Nick Cage yes. and
3: Sarah Jessica Parker. That was a
4: hysterically, I thought very funny, dark comedy that James Connery was in. So if you like gambling, You might want to check it out. Pay your respects to Jimmy Conn. Also
3: was the uh, casino manager, I believe, in the television show Las Vegas that was on NBC for several years.
4: He just felt like that was his persona. So, uh, What a legendary actor he is, but uh, sad news to pass along nonetheless. Very quickly, before we get into some of the games today in Major League Baseball, I want to go back 24 hours to Shohei Otani last night because it's been a, a point of conversation it should be on this network about MVP, about Cy Young. And Shohei last night, a sparkling performance. I happen to be listening and watching MLB Network a little bit with Harold Reynolds and those guys. To say they were gushing over Shohei in the moment would be an understatement. Okay, And the reason why I bring it up, Wes, is it is a narrative-driven award. So Aaron Judge, who still is, I believe, the small favorite.
3: Who, by the way, hit his 30th home run last night.
4: Are we going to go down narrative street? And you do have to play that into your handicap here. If you're going to play the futures board and you're going to play Cy Young or MVP, I think my point is, Wes, barring injury, he's going to get at least one of them.
3: Yeah, that's what I was talking about actually on primetime action with Matt Brown because Matt Brown and I both have Aaron Judge tickets for MVP, so obviously we have a little bit of a bias here. But you can't ignore what Otani is doing. And I was like, okay – You know, he's obviously right there when we talk about Otani. We talk about him, of course, for the MVP. And, by the way, this from ESPN Stats and Info, I was going to bring this up. First player uh, since 1920 when RBIs became an official stat to do all of the following in a single game. Ten strikeouts as a pitcher, two RBIs as a batter, and a stolen base. So, look, this guy, you know, this guy's a rare bird, obviously, in modern-day Major League Baseball. So, uh, you know, arguably – and, look, I would say he – it maybe is the most valuable player. He's currently plus two forty to win the MVP. But I was making the case to Matt Brown. I was like, if Aaron Judge hits like sixty home runs, it's going to be hard. i the best
4: team in, in the American yeah, League right it's now. It's
3: going to be hard not to give that to him in a contract year. By the way. And to, you know, exceed his already great stats and great performance as a right fielder and a five-tool player, by the way, for the New York Yankees. Keep in mind, this guy's very good defensively mm-hmm. and he's got a rocket for an arm. So, I made the case. It's like, can you maybe look at Otani for a Cy Young? And he's drifted a little bit. I think he was like 10-1 to last night. Now, he's 9-1 to this morning at BetMGM. The current favorite is Shane McClanahan at 250. Justin Verlander, who's, by the way, going to go within the hour here. He is starting as a about a $3 favorite over Kansas City. He's Man. plus 260. Garrett Cole plus 850. Now, when you look at Verlander and the Astros, they are going to win that AL West. I think, pretty comfortably yep. at this standpoint. So, do they say, okay, Justin Verlander, look, he had Tommy John. He's come back. He's got great numbers this year. You know, almost the co favorite in the market at Ben MGM for the Cy Young Award in the AL. Do we kind of be a little bit more conservative with him in the second half of the season where, you know what? We lessen his load, okay? I know you can go six or seven innings, but we're going to take you out after four and two thirds or five and, you know, let the bullpen get some work. So does that make his price drift up a little bit? Same with Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole has not been terrific, really. And that's why you see him up here at eight fifty. He's not been really great. over over the last couple months. So uh, Garrett Cole, by the way, starting in Boston tonight, I think he's about a dollar fifty favorite dollar fifty five on the road Mm -hmm. at Boston. So you look there's a case to be made for Otani. I know the numbers aren't as dominant maybe as like a uh, maybe perhaps a McClanahan because McClanahan I think is the guy he's going to have to beat because he's a young guy. So Tampa Bay to stay in that AL East race and especially to stay in that wildcard race, they're going to have to use him.
4: Totally. And I look at it, and, again, you've got to remember, people, these are voted on awards, right? So this isn't just pure data mm-hmm. that you can really factor into who's going to win these things. And if I'm an Aaron Judge ticket holder – And I look at what he's done so far, and if he doesn't win, I'm going to go, you got to be kidding me. I mean, if if you extrapolate this over 162, you're going to go, what do you have to do? Because you're on the best team in baseball, right? And I think the Yankees, to where they are, they've been a surprise to be this good at this stage before we get to the All-Star break. And, again, a lot of things can change in the second half of the season. We've seen that before. But it does feel like we're already getting down to this kind of heavyweight matchup yeah. if you will of Otani versus Judge for MVP.
3: Yeah, and and you mentioned something I think very important that sometimes we ignore the obvious that these are voted on awards. Yeah. I think Shohei Otani probably has a lot of goodwill in the media, because there were some notable sports commentators like, hey, this guy's Japanese. He doesn't speak a lot of English. He can't be the face of Major League Baseball. But yet you see all these videos and the people just flock to him at the ballpark and the people love this guy. So, you know, I think Otani's got a lot of goodwill. It's like he's going to win one or the other. Does he win both?
4: And that's the thing. That's why if I was going to play in this futures market, I would be more apt to play Shohei for both. With the realization that barring injury, I think he's going to win one, if not both. But my goodness, this gets into the Jacob deGrom conversation last year, where before he got hurt in the second half, he was on such a historic pace that you could have made the case for deGrom to win MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, he didn't win either once he got injured, right? And you do have to worry about that with starting pitching. That, that clearly uh, can be a bugaboo here. But I do think right now that media-driven narrative and it's warranted. I mean, it's warranted. You should be talking about Shohei Tani in those, in those regards. But I think your point's spot on. They want to push this guy over the top, too, because I do think there's some some ill will towards some voters in Major League Baseball with the comments that were made last year. Mm-hmm. And it's not that Shohei is not deserving of being in those discussions for both. But I think right now a safe way to go is maybe Shohei for MVP – or excuse me, for Cy Young at 9-1 to and still plus money at MVP – I think you're going to cash at least one, if not both those. Tickets. Yeah,
3: I got a feeling you will. And that's why I was making a case for Cy Young because it's damn hard to go against Aaron judge. If he gets 60 home runs and lead the Yankees to the best record that they've had in years. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think essentially for the MVP, it's now a, maybe a two man race, maybe a third Jordan Alvarez. I think it's like the value play down the board for the Astros. And I've seen some people play him. He was upwards around 14 to one this week. He might be the only guy that could kind of get in that mix with those two guys. And in the early
4: 90s, Albert Bell had one of the more historically great seasons you're ever going to see in the history of baseball. He couldn't sniff MVP. There are It's a narrative-driven awards sometimes when the numbers get – they almost get to be cartoonish when you look at what Aaron Judge is doing and then certainly what Shohei Adani is doing. But, again, that debate is out there that is Shohei the MVP, the most valuable player because he does something that just nobody else in the game of baseball can do by definition of, of pitching – and hitting. And again, we saw that stat from nineteen twenty. I would have guessed that it would have been the babe that did it, but then mm-hmm. I saw a stolen base was one of the requirements. There's yeah. no way the Bambino was stealing a bag right. back in nineteen twenty. But again, we're talking about a, a generational player in Shohei Otani that we've not been able to compare for a century. Yeah. And that's where sometimes voters and fans alike, they're gonna go, Wow, it blows your mind to put into context mm-hmm. what he's doing both pitching and hitting. And that's why some people might find it. I got to vote for this guy for MVP because we just, he's a unicorn and we don't have another the, guy like the,
3: him. the one uh, bit of caution or concern. I would say for Otani is if the angels are so far out of the race, do they say, okay, because Phil Nevin, I don't know if he's going to be the manager next year. Cause keep in mind, Joe Madden got fired. He's the so, guy. you know, do they, do they burn him out? You know, Mm -hmm. if they're 10 or 15 games under 500, it's like, do, uh, do I really want to use him and like, you know, risk the future of the franchise? We want to obviously build around him and Mike Trout as much as we can, but if we're out of it, not contending for, like, a wild card spot, because they're out of the AL West race, they're not getting back in that. But do you wonder if they say, well, you know what? We don't want to kill this guy here. I mean, we want to help him out. But that's where you kind of got to weigh the options here and really go by what the player and how he feels to go So, again, forward.
4: at 9-1, to one, I think it's really good caution out there that if you want to hop on that Cy Young, remember that. There is a chance, if the Angels are so far out, that they shut him down. And then the other conversation would be, well, then how could he be most valuable? If this team can't even sniff a wild card, let's say, if, if they really fall out of contention, that'll be the old Andre Dawson conversation they had back in the late 80s when he won the MVP on a last-place Chicago Cubs team. We'll get back into Major League Baseball when you come back with us right here on the Lombardi Line on these and these sports betting. Network. On Monday, VEASAN's going to have their first-ever baseball betting pentathlon. Now, every weekday show and baseball analysts, they're going to be making five baseball bets over a span of four days to determine which show at VEASAN is the best at betting baseball. So on Monday, they're going to have a bet, a a total. On Tuesday, an underdog and a favorite. On Wednesday, a team on the run line. And Thursday, a prop bet. The winner's going to be announced on Friday morning, July 15th, at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and follow the money, West Reynolds. That. Is a pretty cool promotion.
3: I believe I am going to be a contestant. I in would this hope thing, so. Even though I don't really have like one show that I belong to, I belong to like twenty different shows, basically <laughs> at very random times. But uh, myself, I know Adam Berg, mm-hmm. some others. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and do that. Yeah, get involved in it and see if we can get some bragging rights around here. So a, a fun event that we're gonna do here on the network.
4: Competition is good. Yes, I love it because it's just sharp iron sharpening iron here at the network at Vison. It's better than like say having a hot dog eating contest to see who wins that. Like yeah, no, no, nobody I, wants that.
3: I, you know, I, I, I was going to be, there was a, a show on the network that wanted to do that. And I was thinking about doing it, but yeah. then it was like, I don't want to make a glutton of myself in public. I choose to make a glutton of myself in private. And uh, <laughs> How many you know, do you think
4: you could have eaten in 10 minutes? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, I 80, over A under. lot
3: less than you would think based on uh, my uh, corpulent figure. But uh, nevertheless, <laughs> uh, you know, I just didn't want to get, you know, have a bunch of digestive issues. No, exactly. You know what comes with that. Oh, That's yeah. usually not a good thing.
4: So it's like fun for everybody to watch on TV. Then we got to live with that stuff if we eat six yeah, hot dogs yeah, and whatever yeah,
3: we it bra- is. We, bra- we, uh, we brave at... Uh, Go bravery on the air, but then when we get off the air behind the curtain here, not a good sight.
4: I did the uh, the Pocky one-chip challenge. Do you know what that is? It's the hottest chip in the world. And back at my uh, previous uh, network that I did in Chicago, my buddy Tyler Fulgham that we've had on the show, mm-hmm. I, they double-dog dared me to do it, and at the end of the show, I just took it and I ate it. And I thought, well, what's the big deal? The next hour that you couldn't see people at home mm-hmm. was pure terror. And horror on my stomach, on my digestive tract, all of it. That's
3: why when I was watching this on Monday, and look, I actually have seen Joey Chestnut, who resides in Westfield, Indiana, not far from where I'm from. I actually saw him in an eating contest one time. It was at the big 10 championship game in Indianapolis and St. Elmo's steakhouse. The famous St. Oh, Elmo's yeah. steakhouse does a shrimp cocktail eating contest. Oh my. And it's not just eating the shrimp. Oh no! You got to eat that, that, that sauce with that horseradish in it. That, oh, no. That'll burn your backside brother. And
4: he did it. You saw him do that.
3: Absolutely. We ate 19 pounds, I believe, or a little bit under 19 pounds of shrimp cocktail. I think it was 10 minutes. I forget the time, but it was just a mess. All kind of red, all that cocktail sauce all over him. Nasty.
4: Yeah, I'm going to have to pass on that. Okay, we look at Major League Baseball on the slate today. We got some games getting ready to go here. We got the Royals against the Strohs. You mentioned Justin Vert. Lander and Verlander, a huge favorite here, about minus uh, three forty. I'm seeing here on the money line. If you want to get involved in the run line at a run and a half? That's about minus a dollar fifty for the Stros here uh, against Chris Bubik of the Royals. Is this just a? It's Verlander. He's up for the Cy Young. He, yeah. he, he never ages. Apparently, he's got a pretty good life with with Kate Upton and kids. I don't know what else. Would you bet against Verlander in this spot? I wouldn't it? bet
3: against yeah. him. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to lay three and a half dollars necessarily. But if I was making the markets, you know, and I just went on my personal opinion, which you don't do, you want to obviously make what the market's going to bear in mm-hmm. terms of these prices. He would be my pick to win the AL Cy Young really? right now, just to come back from Tommy John and the fact that he still, even though he doesn't do it as much, you know, the fact that he can still you know, crank a high mile per hour fastball up there and he can't do it every single time, but it's like, okay, JV, give me the heater. Okay, skip. I got it. And he'll get it up there in the high nineties still. So, uh, you know, the guy, I mean, he's just been magnificent this year. Uh, and, uh, look, Chris Bubich, uh, you know tough numbers really for Chris Bubich all year I, I I can't really back him one and five 11 starts 702 on the era 356 on the batting average balls in place so you can tell this guy's given up a lot of hard contact and when you've got a lineup in Houston with Jordan Alvarez mm-hmm. and and company and uh Altuve I want to see by the way let me check if he is back in the lineup he actually missed last night for the Astros so you know what they've got, Bregman and and Tucker and those guys. So they get a lot of hard contact. No thank you for me on this game.
4: Very quickly, you know, when I look at at winning the World Series and the Yankees and Dodgers right now, the smallest favorites about four to one. The Stros are plus five fifty. Do, do they? Is it over? Are we done with the banging on the on the garbage cans? Have they? Have we moved on from that now? Or are they still going to be, you know? Public enemy number they're, one. They're,
3: they're, I think they're still grudges. they always okay. are, and, and and even if they're not, they're going to be manufactured because these guys will use anything as motivation. You know, some tweet from some random, you know, <laughs> Joe Bob twelve eleven on Twitter or whatever, and they will use that as motivation or, or negative comments in in the Instagram and all that stuff. Uh, by the way, I did check. Altuve is in the lineup okay. today, so uh, you know. The back end of the lineup, some guys getting rest days for Houston, but still Chris Bubich. Uh, these numbers, I can't go
4: with him. And again, you can understand why when you got a guy like Verlander who's defying Father Time up there for Cy Young. You mentioned Alvarez for MVP. I mean, they've got candidates everywhere. At this time, I know we always talk about the Dodgers and the Yankees, but maybe a little bit. I don't know if there's any value there left for the Astros, but it looks like they're about to run away if they haven't already with the ALS.
3: Yeah, they've ran away and hidden in a hurry because they kind of started a little little shaky. Yeah,
4: boom. And all of a sudden you turn into the summer months and they have just exploded. Uh, Last night was the day to back Kansas City. I'm kind of with you on this one. Probably a stay away spot here. Pittsburgh in the Reds uh, in game one of a double dip today here. Uh, Mike Miner going to take to the bump here in game one for Cincinnati. Contreras going to go for the Buckos. bad day for Pittsburgh yesterday against the Yankees. Is this mm-hmm. a get right spot against the Reds?
3: Uh, very well could be pirates did take one though. They did beat Jamison Tyone in his return to Pittsburgh. So double dip going on Cincinnati blew another one. They should have beaten the Mets last night, but yep. Hunter Strickland, even though he got to save the night before. Hunter Strickland, you know what he's going to give you in a closer role. Fastball, 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 it's fastball. Coming. And then, you know, the Mets got him and then went to the 10th, and the Mets ended up pulling away 8-3. to three. So, uh, looking at these numbers, uh, Mike Minor, 1-5 and five and six starts, 682 on the ERA, 541 on the XFIP. Uh, very tough to back the Reds here, even though they're in pretty much a pick-em roll and actually were the overnight favorite. So, uh if I had to, Smalley to Cincinnati, but this is a stay away for
4: me. Boy, if you had Cincinnati in the under yesterday, 3-2 in the ninth. Yeah. And then you give up the one to tie it, then you know what happens in extras. And the Mets I- explode for five, so the over hits yesterday – and the Metropolitans come back and win. I, I know that's a bad beat, but that's one that's going to sting if you had the Reds and that under yesterday. And a
3: doubleheader, by the way. It's going to be a day-night doubleheader at the Great American uh, Small Park, as you call it. Uh, <laughs> it is going to be Bryce Wilson for the Pirates. Uh, no uh, release pitcher yet for Cincinnati.
4: I mentioned this yesterday uh, when I saw this news come out from my old stomping grounds in Washington, D.C., and I tweeted it out to Scott Seidenberg, who I know has been on it. I know you have, too, and across the network. When Yohan Adon pitches for the Nationals, it's been fade Adon day. That's mm-hmm. normally what it's been against the Phillies today. Now, you got to lay it if you want to back Philadelphia here, about minus $1. seventy, minus $1.75 in some spots here. Adon's coming up from AAA. Yeah. He, he, boy, you, you feasted if you've just played against them. Do you keep that train going today? Nats, by
3: the way, did get a comeback when the Phillies, despite the fact that Kyle Schwarber hit two home runs, the pride and joy of Indiana University, <laughs> I might add. Uh, but Falter, you know, only four starts this year, 486 ERA. So, so his numbers don't exactly, you know – make you want to run to the window necessarily and lay it. I mean it would be a pure fate of Adon, but uh one and eleven and thirteen starts this year. <laughs> and and uh when you look the when the X pip is even over five, the ERA is close to seven. So, you know, maybe he got right. If I had to, I would maybe take a shot with the Nationals just because I think that this is a big price on Falter in the Phillies. But uh I might, you know, I might have to say that I'm from Missouri and you got to show me, you know, (laughs) to add on before I go ahead and wager some money
4: on him. That's kind of the way I am, too. I I, I, either a stay away spot here or I just couldn't play him with with the knowledge that we have. But again, sometimes you go down to triple A and you're right some wrongs and that's maybe what you need. We'll find out. But my eyes lit up when I saw that yesterday that he was coming back into the rotation for the Nats today. Uh, Very quickly, you mentioned Garrett Cole against the Sox as they go on the road here. And whenever it's Yankees Red Sox. You know what they say? Throw the records out the window here. Uh, what do you make of this spot here for Garrett Cole on the road? And you do have to lay still about $1.65 here at BetMGM.
3: The Yanks and the Sox, as uh, Michael Wilbon uh, <laughs> likes to say famously, uh, I actually don't mind the Red Sox here necessarily in this spot. Winkowski has been pretty solid, mm-hmm. a 312 VRA, very respectable for a young pitcher pretty much in his first trip through the league. So Garrett Cole also has been a little bit shaky on the road at times. I watched him get absolutely mauled by the twins, had five home <laughs> runs he oh, yes. gave up. In that one, so uh, you know, and they've seen their fair share of Garrett Cole. There's not going to be any mysteries here, but uh, you know, I just look at what the Red Sox have been doing against right-handed pitchers, and they've been very good over the. They've been arguably the hottest team in baseball that nobody's talking about because the Yankees have obviously been so good. But I think that this is a little bit of a big price, and it's gone up to about a dollar fifty. This should be maybe like one twenty-five or one thirty. So I think you're getting value on the home team.
4: All right, so we'll keep an eye on what goes on in Major League Baseball when we come back. I do want to talk a little bit more about what's going on overseas in golf and look ahead to the open championship next week because i've got a play that i made last week west and i want to get your thoughts on it and maybe dip our toe into ufc what's coming up on fight night this weekend as well come on back it's the lombardi on a and the sports betting network MGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas trip and nationwide betmgm awards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers incredible experiences and valuable perks when you wager on the betmgm app sign up with betmgm or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with betmgm rewards Eligible restrictions to apply visit betmgm.com for, for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older to wager please gamble responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-GAMBLER wrapping things up here in the lombardi line with Wes reynolds i am dave ross And we mentioned James Conn sadly had passed away at the age of 82. And we are mentioning some movies because you think of of James Conn and I think Vegas, I think
3: gambling, Godfather, obviously. Right.
4: But also in one of the most decorated sports movies of all time.
3: Yeah, one, uh, it was a television movie, by the way. Uh, I believe he won an award or got nominated for it. It was Brian's song. Mm-hmm. Of course, he played Brian Piccolo, and the great Billy D. Williams played Gail Sayers. And, uh, yeah, that was a signature movie. Also, he was in the 1974 movie The Gambler, oh. which was with uh, Paul Sorvino, Lauren Hutton. So I was like, we were trying to think of the gambling movies he was in, and we remembered remembering <laughs> Honeymoon in Vegas so with uh, Nick Cage. And Sarah Jessica Parker, and then of course, uh, was the lead actor in the NBC series Las Vegas with Josh Mm Duhamel. So uh, you know he's been in God, he's been in a ton, man. What a great career, Uh, James Caan. Sadly gone at 82 years of age.
4: But what a legacy he leaves behind. Also, Wes Reynolds on this date, 26 years ago today, one of the biggest days in wrestling history, the formation of what was then called the New World Organization. Yes, by one. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so I want to get your thoughts because right, well, even re- though he didn't nail the promo, the NWO was born. Oh, well, I do on remember that
3: was a bash at the beach, I believe, down at Daytona Beach, and Bobby Heenan was the the color <laughs> commentator, and he goes, "But whose side is he on?" So Bobby, the brain, almost stooged off the finish there because right. uh, you know who was going to be the third man because Hogan was going to fight with Randy Savage and Lex Luger against against the NWO you know, at the time, and uh, and and turned on him. So, uh, yeah, uh, and Mean Gene, I remember, was in the ring, oh, and they so were throwing good. all the cups in the so ring. Good. Like, look at this garbage in the ring, Hulk Hogan. How could you do
4: that, the Hulk Hogan? The new organization, brother. By the way, you know, the Four Horsemen when I was a kid, that was the big thing. Like, the Four Horsemen was just with, with the Arn Andersons and Ole Anderson, Ric Flair, to be a member of the Four Horsemen. I don't know if that's the greatest legacy of wrestling. The NWO might be. Did you,
3: they you, were probably the top two factions, the old school fans that especially if you're in the southeast yes. and you watch the wrestling on TBS like I did. Uh, Tommy
4: Wildfire you, Rich.
3: you, you, Yeah, you were all about the four horsemen, uh, you know, with the Andersons, Rick Flair, Tully Blanchard, J.J. Dillon. Then came Lex Luger and and, and a couple other
4: ones. Yeah, absolutely. I always wanted to be one of the horsemen. I don't know which one I would have been the smallest one clearly.
3: you'd have been you'd have been Tully Blanchard because you like to run your mouth and you know you you're you're not the yeah. biggest guy but you got a lot of fight in you yeah
4: I do I, I'm scrappy I'll get my ass kicked, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we mentioned right now the Scottish Open going on, and boy, oh, boy, if you, if you backed backers in the afternoon wave, like Tommy Fleetwood just finished three over par, Justin Thomas struggling over there, uh, two over par. I know you had a long shot, in Ricky Fowler, he actually had a nice day for you. One yeah. under is what he finished his round in. Next week at the Open, do you extrapolate anything that you see this week from the Scottish Open to take over to well, the, one to the thing British I Open? I want to
3: check, and look, this is not pure links here at Renaissance Golf Club in North Berwick uh, just next to Muirfield. St. Andrews, a little bit more of a pure links. That doesn't mean it's necessarily a hard course, but it's pure links and whatnot. So one thing I do definitely got to take away is to really look at the weather at least a little more closely because weather is always so hard to handicap over there this time of year. So uh, I just got caught on the wrong side of the draw. I had a lot more in the afternoon flight than I did in the morning flight, and I absolutely regret that because uh, the best guys I have, I believe – uh, Jordan Smith uh, did go two under okay. in the afternoon. I had Terrell Hatton and went two under in the morning. But when you look at some of these numbers, Cameron Tringali, a three shot lead, he is going to end the day. Nine under bar. Still Ooh. seeking that first PGA Tour win, by the way. He is at four to one at Bet MGM. Gary Woodland, three shots behind at six under, nine to one. Uh, John Rahm at 10 to one. And I have to kind of go down the board. John Rahm, two under bar. Very respectable. Jordan Speef, 20 to one. He is at two under. Sam Burns, I believe Sam Burns went three under so he is 10 to 1 i think he's in very good position cameron smith two under today. He's at 14 to one. Justin Harding, who was the first off the tee this morning, uh, one of the uh, the live defectors, uh, or however you want to phrase that, 28 <laughs> to one. He is five under par. So, you know, still a lot of golf to be played here, obviously. But the, uh, the morning flight had a big type advantage over the afternoon, guys. So, obviously, that is something to keep in mind for the Open Championship next week. Yeah,
4: at St. Andrews, and it's tough because, and we're going to try to get our, our guy called Paulson on before he goes over there across the big next week, you really almost have to look into that as to the weather changes so rapidly Mm -hmm. over there that literally you think maybe you're on the right end of the draw and then you're not. You're on the wrong end of the draw and it's hard to handicap that way. I did grab a player and grab a number last week and I got a couple weeks ago now. I took Dustin Johnson at 49 to one. Now that number is long gone and you saw that he played pretty well last week in the live tour event. Do you stay away from the live guys. Cause now I'm seeing these about 25 to one, some 30 to ones out there for DJ. Do you stay away from some of those guys and go, boy, it's just going to be a weird dynamic inside those clubhouses. I mean, that's not going away.
3: I don't know if you necessarily stay away from them. Obviously not a lot of them play in the week before in terms of a warm up. I mean, they're already over there at least getting practice time in. So mm-hmm. that won't, they won't have a lack of familiarity necessarily with the weather or maybe some link style golf, but yeah, I, I don't think you necessarily fade the guys like maybe you did at the U.S. Open because remember, you know, they were playing basically well, a week before uh, at that event in, in London. London, so you sure. got a time change, so a lot of those live guys did not play well. At the U.S. Open, I would expect a little bit better this time around for some of the guys at the Open Championship. I think this is very wide open. You don't have, like, one clear favorite. Like, Rory kind of became the clear favorite for the U.S. Open, um, you know, or at least certainly the shortest price. But this week, you're going to have a lot of guys at the top. You're going to have rory you're gonna have rom you're gonna have Scheffler, you're gonna have thomas so they're all gonna kind of be right together in those low teens so this is going to be i think a little bit more wide open here at saint andrews uh we've seen guys come off the beaten path to contend here in years past of course tiger woods did win twice here on this course so Mm. that's why people are wanting to bet him even though they're probably not betting him at the best price right now maybe wait till next week I think he's gonna drift upwards based on how he did play at that McManus Pro. Area.
4: And I believe Matt Santos, if I am not mistaken here, forty five hundred is the big bet alert for Tiger Woods at forty to one to win at Saint Andrews.
3: You- not you might, I mean, some places in the market, oh, you know, especially at if, 81. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're in Las Vegas, I know uh, uh, there was a shop here in town that put them up at a hundred to one, but I, most places are not going to do that because they know they're going to get ticket volume at least. So yeah, you can get, you know, 66 to one. I know uh, our buddy Brady Cannon has somewhere around 80 to 1 in his pocket, just taking a chance to say if there's a place where he can compete because he, obviously, we know Tiger cannot compete every single week anymore.
4: No, and again, that bet was made at Ben MGM, but, so again, that's a big-time potential payout. But he
3: might be able to compete, at least at St. Andrews, you know, those familiar courses, St. Andrews, Bay Hill, Pebble Beach, you know, Torrey Pines, where we've seen him had so many, so much success, but...
4: that And that is the thing, the course familiarity that Tiger has, by the way, 180K, if Tiger is going to win for that uh, big bet there at 4.5000. Yeah,
3: I, I might have waited. Uh you might have gotten better than 40 to 1, but uh good luck to that better.
4: Does it change your opinion of Tiger from what you saw this week in the two-day event that he just competed in? A
3: little bit. Uh look, he came over to play in that JP McManus Pro Am on Monday and Tuesday. I think he shot seven over combined for two days, but I don't want to overread into that necessarily, but he said that I skipped the U S open so I could be ready for this because this is historic and tiger. We know is a student of history Mm -hmm. and he has won at St. Andrews twice, won two Claire jugs here. So he wanted to be a part of this and he kind of, well, you know, when I was parsing through his comments was like, you know, he almost made it seem like it was his last chance in a ways that he knows that the chances are fleeting for him to compete on certain courses. So He is taking this very seriously, I think, Uh, you know, and this was the first time because he always says, like, you know, I'm here to win. You know, he he always says that. He never, you know, kind of – He never tries to show that much vulnerability, really, in his game, but he kind of started to show that in some of the comments this week. So, I think he knows, you know, the hour's getting late in the career here and obviously coming back from pretty much, you know, having his leg shattered uh, again. So, uh, you know – he, he I think is going to come in you would think with the mental focus now can the physical last and that's really the big question I mean
4: this is for nostalgic reasons this might be the last time you see him play it at what he has said is one of his if not yeah, his it's favorite golf, golf course I mean right.
3: it is a, I think when people say okay what's the most famous golf course they would say St. Andrews
4: I think it would be number one on the list so it, it could be a you wonder over that bridge on what, on 18, if yeah, that's going to be the last be time. There going to be some
3: emotions. Uh, we'll see if they'll come on Sunday or if they're going to come on Friday with the miscut.
4: All right, so 40-1 to 1 here, uh, that big bettor alert out there uh, for Tiger Woods. Wes, always enjoy the conversation, my be friend. With you. want to thank Vinny Maiulo for joining us for those two hours, and congratulations to Vinny on going into the betting hall of fame. Keep a locked right here on VEASAN, the sports Betting Network.